Hey guys, this is Danny J from the Keep On Tolkien podcast. This is Joel N. And we're here to tell you about a little thing we're doing for the holidays uh, called The Gift of Tolkien. Hashtag The Gift of Tolkien. And uh, it's a little thing um, that uh, we want to encourage you guys to give Tolkien books as gifts to people. Because uh, I was given The Hobbit as a gift uh, from my friend Sam and it changed my life, and obviously I wouldn't have a fucking Tolkien podcast if this were the case. Right. If you haven't realized by now, we we really love Tolkien's work, and it was uh, the work that we got of his work was gifted to us most of the time. Uh, I think my first version of The Hobbit was probably from Half Price, but <laughs> I got a handful of Tolkien's work last Christmas. From um, me, right? From you. From me. And that's what really started it all off for me. Um, that I got all sorts of stuff, and it, it really deepened my love. And if, as you know, that's what we're trying to do with this pod- podcast: is, yeah. is share the love, guys. And if you don't know, um, you know, if you love keep on Tolkien at all to any degree, um, it is because we were gifted. Like this wouldn't be a thing, guys, if not for giving Tolkien books. And we just want to kind of. Uh, spread that around. So if you guys hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, uh, let us know who you gave a Tolkien book to uh, this holiday. Um, hashtag it, the gift of Tolkien. Um, and we'll talk about you in either a further episode or we'll do one of our nifty new videos. We've been yeah, doing. We'll, we'll try to do a follow-up and just kind of give, uh, well, keep track of, of what was going on, see how successful we were in right. our gift of Tolkien this year. This is our first year we're trying to do this. Maybe next year we'll try to turn it into even like a fundraiser type thing. But right, yeah, but... Um, so yeah, give a kid the copy of The Hobbit. Uh, change his life. Right. If you have an uh, adult, give him an adult content book. Yeah, give him. If you got somebody that's read the The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, give him The Silmarillion. Man, change their life. It'll there's, change. There's everything. plenty of options out yeah, there. Yeah, plenty of options out there. Plenty of Tolkien books. Um, if you don't know somebody you could give a Tolkien book to, say you don't have any friends, that's fine. Um, just hit us up uh, or donate a uh, donate to a library or uh, uh, there's plenty of book charities out there. Right. Um, and if you can't. Think of some place to donate to. Hit us up, and we'll we'll try to help you guys and guide you to some places where you could donate some Tolkien books. Yeah. So yeah, this holiday season, guys, whatever holiday you're celebrating, if you're celebrating with gifts, uh, first of all, happy holidays from Keep On Tolkien. Happy holidays, guys. And spread yeah. the spread the love. Spread the love. Give the gift of Tolkien. Hashtag, the gift of Tolkien. And as always, guys, keep on Tolkien. Keep on Tolkien. guys hey welcome back to keep on tolkien hopefully welcome back if not if this is your first time listening that's cool too that that's totally cool uh for our regulars welcome back uh this is our season finale yeah this is the end of season one episode 15 if you've been with us the whole time that's that's super awesome if this is your first time then i hope this interests you yeah and go back and you know listen to the other episodes (laughs) it'll make a lot more sense so today this is our last our last episode of this season. This is going to be our finale. Uh, we kind of finished up the first stage mm-hmm. with our last episode about uh, Eärendil, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And this episode is for us. Yeah, this is more for <laughs> <laughs> this, this is for me and Joel. This is more for us than I guess for you guys. Although we <laughs> love that you're listening. That's so great. But from literally 
the beginning, the very beginning, episode one, we've been name dropping somebody the whole time. Yeah, if you've been keeping track, every episode. Not well, not every. No, we m- almost we every episode. We got like within so the first like seven. We got like every episode, and then yeah. we, we started missing. Some, so I'm saying at least thirteen episodes of fifteen episodes. We mentioned this character's name because he's a pretty crucial character. He's one of our favorite characters. Yeah, and he's shit on by everything. Like he's right. They show him in the movie for one second, and he's in the background, and he's in the background, out of focus. He doesn't have a beard. And he doesn't have a fucking beard. Anyway, today we're talking about Kirdan the motherfucking shipwright. That's right, guys. This is it. You want to know? If you didn't already figure out who he was from listening to other episodes, this is what we're really going to tell you. This this guy. This guy. This guy is, like, the best, like, supporting character of, of all, in all of Tolkien. Like, right. Imagine if there was, like, a background Gandalf from, like, the beginning... Of Arda, you know, like Years of the Trees, who's just always working in the background. Yeah, he's just he's you, always, you always want to be this guy's friend. Yeah, you want to you want to have the friendship of Kirdan the ship, right? Um, yeah. So even Umo's friends with Kirdan. Yeah, even Umo's friends. With I think Kyrdan. he talks to Kirdan more than he does anyone else. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they hang out like pretty regularly. So Kirdan the shipwright, he was a Telerian elf. Yes. Yes. yes a Telerian elf prince. Dating all the way back, they're not entirely sure when he was born. Although they know it was during the year of the, the years of the trees. Yeah, uh, the people are pretty sure that based on some information that he goes all the way back to Quivian and where the elves started. Right. So we're not sure too sure of his uh, lineage. Of his lineage. Because. Right. So we don't know. He might be one of the first elves to awake. So he doesn't have a mother or father. If that's the case. Yeah. There's no naming of of his family. I don't think he had any kids either. No, I don't think he did. Um, the the only uh, information we really have about Kirdan is that he is in some way related to Elway and Alway. That's all we know. They mm-hmm. say he's kin to them. Right. So that means he's kin to those who paid attention to the Sundering of the Elves episode. He's he's kin to King Thingol. King Thingol. From yeah. Doriath. From Doriath. Not exactly sure how. but So he's been around about as long as, as anyone. But uh, he also has a few names. Uh, a couple of them are Kirdan, uh, No Way. No Way. No Way. Son of Yes Way. <laughs> <laughs> had to throw it in there. Uh, then Kirdan the Shipwright. Uh, Lord of the Phallus, Lord of Baylar, and the Lord of the Grey Havens in the Third Age. Yeah, Kirdan pretty much hung out along the shores for almost the for entirety forever. of his life. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what he did. I as mean, he was the as, shipwright. Yeah, and as soon as that group of Teleri got to the coast, he was like, I'm good here. And there he stayed for many, 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 many years. Right. So we know that he's been around since almost the beginning for the elves. A lot of people think he's, he awoke in Quivienen. Um And then uh, during the sundering of the elves, after the elves first came to be, if you remember from the Sundering episode, there was the uh, the great trip, like the great migration. Yeah, the great journey. The great journey the out west, because uh, the Valar wanted the elves to come to Valinor. And along the way, we got all those folks that broke off and decided not to go. They stayed, and uh, Círdan was one of those. Mm-hmm. He was one of the Telerian elves that made it all the way to the shores of Beleriand, like the western shores. Mm-hmm. And if this is at all confusing you, uh, just... Reference back to episode, I think it was like episode six, right? 
Sundering of the Elves. And that'll tell you pretty much everything you need to know. It's not a super popular episode. We thought it was really well done. <laughs> we were so proud after that because we were like, this is dense. Oh, this is all we need to ever explain anything about elves. Yeah. And it's really everything you need to know, guys. Right. If you need a point of reference for anything elf-related, the uh, the Sundering of the Elves episode, that's, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Yeah, so listen to listen to that if you're confused about the types of elves. So, Kirdan spent the most time in Middle-earth of any other elf that we can we can assume, uh being present for more ages than any other elf. And he pretty much went from the awakening of Quivian in, in the Years of Trees all the way through to the 4th age, which there isn't even that much information about, but he he was there. Right. It was said that he was on what one of the last ships to sail into the west. He was the last elf to leave. He's the last elf yeah. to leave Middle Earth. So, so he was there the whole time. All in all, he spent uh, around eleven thousand years in um, in Middle Earth. Jesus, yeah, it's a long fucking time. I think it's eleven thousand one hundred eighty-one years or something like that. It's a long time. I I would not know that. Good on you. Yeah, I, re- I read that recently. I was like, 11,000 years? What the fuck? Another uh, fun fact about Círdan is, like his kinsman, King Thingol from Doriath, he too was silver-haired elf. But not just silver-haired, he also had a had beard. A fucking beard, he had a guys. goddamn beard. Like, all the elves that we talk about, None of them much, have beards. Yeah, they're pretty much all like clean-shaven baby face, but this guy's got like a silver beard. Yeah, this is silver. And in pictures of him, it's this real dope, like, guru yeah. beard. Like, it's, oh, it's yeah. this thin, pointy beard of silver hair. I imagine like a Doctor Strange kind of do up with a bit longer of a beard, just silver. Yeah, just silver. Yeah, so he's a, he's a good-looking guy as well. I mean, who wouldn't want to be with, like, the only elf with a beard, right? Right. Badass as hell. And he was the best mariner there was. Well, I don't know, maybe Arendil. But, I mean, Arendil was taught by Círdan, right? I mean, I mean, they d- he did make the ship for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, we don't know. I don't know if Círdan ever tried to sail into the west, but... He did not. I, s- I suppose, that's right. He didn't he yeah. until the Fourth Age. No. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, well, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a wash. Okay. Well, he was also <laughs> Kirdan was also one of the wisest and perhaps mightiest of the Moraquendi elves. Uh, I think we mentioned earlier that he was one of the princes of the uh, Teleri. Mm-hmm. So Moraquendi also refer back to that Sundering of the Elves episode. Right, right. M- Moraquendi means elves who did not see the light of the trees. So we're talking elves that never actually made it back to Valinor. Most, uh, all of the Sindar, in fact, except Thingol, are Moraquendi. Because Thingol went there originally. That's also in the Sundering of the Elves And he came back. Yeah, and he came back. He went there as an emissary way, way, way back. Yeah, to check it out so that, you know, not all the elves had to go there to see if it was okay or not. They just sent one there to check it out first. But he came back and he stayed. What does that say about him? Like, right. He saw Valinor and was like, eh. We fell in love with Melian, remember? He stayed for the But love. he didn't leave after that either. He no, that's s- true. He stayed. That's true. Yeah, they did stay there. And I mean, it's not like Melian wouldn't have been welcome there. She was a Maiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could just go back whenever. Anyway. Um, but also, an important fact about Círdan that comes into play more in Second and Third Ages, 
he was one of the bearers of one of the three great elven rings. Mm-hmm. That is very important. Um, he was the bearer of the elven ring Narya. Yeah, Narya, the red ring. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Narya, and um, <coughs> should we mention this now? I mean, we might as well. Um, sure. Narya is uh, is what he later gave to Gandalf, because the 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 five wizards are actually Maiar, who were sent over in the beginning of the Third Age to watch this whole Sauron business, and when they landed, Círdan the shipwright, being a wise motherfucker. Was like, oh man, this was is like, a big deal. This is a big deal, and then he like he because they're they're more or less in secret. You're not supposed to know that they're Maiar. So he's not only has he figured out that they're Maiar, he knows that Gandalf is the wisest of the, of the five. So he gives him in secret Narya, the Red Ring, which gives Gandalf the the uh, the power to incite people to resist evil and tyranny. That's right. That's how Gandalf gets his magical ring. From Kiernan the friggin' shipwright. Yeah, so the the rings really come into play big with Kiernan and such. He has a big role to play with the rings in the second and third ages. So yeah, well, going back to the the first age a little bit, we got a l- little bit ahead of ourselves with that with the rings thing, but we'll, we'll get to we'll we'll talk more about that later. Um, so uh, Kiernan had uh, played roles in almost all the wars of Beleriand mm-hmm. in the in the first age. So he kind of started out being a, a figure a lead of, of leadership in the first stage, and it was after Thingol finally returned. Uh, they knew him as Elway previously when he disappeared. Mm-hmm. He saw Malian in the woods, and he they froze for like years and years because they fell in love with each for, other. Yeah, for many years. Um, is that why Círdan stayed? Was he one of the ones looking for him? Most likely. Okay. That may have been one of the reasons why he stayed originally. But anyway, after uh, Elway returned and rebranded himself as King Thingol, he started up Doriath, and uh, Círdan ruled an area called the Falathrim. That is of the havens of Elgarist and Brithombar. It's basically coastal. Eglarist and Brithombar. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the Falathrim is what his people are called, which basically, as we learned, like Gondolindrum, you know, like that just means the people of blank. So the people of the Falas are the Falathrim. So he was a leader of those folks, and uh, that is later, actually, he became an advisor to Finrod Felagund of Nargothrond. Right, our favorite, Mr. Finrod. One of the most admirable characters. Yeah. Period. So, yeah, we talk a lot about Finrod on here, too, if you haven't. Uh, yeah, we're big fans of Finrod Felagund. Yeah, He's yeah. pretty great. Finrod and Círdan is like, they're the shit. Like, they're I think the Finrod, Círdan, and Huan are probably my three favorites. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as the wars of uh, Beleriand were heating up and um, not looking so good for the good guys, um... Círdan actually built several messenger ships at the uh, at the request of uh, Turgon of Gondolin, our friend, um, and he was sending uh, people over to Valinor essentially to ask for help. Right, and this is after the Valar blocked the way back. This is after all that business with the Noldor, and they're like, "You guys are banished. You can't come back." Mm-hmm. So the the waters are are I don't want to say they're cursed, but they're uh, they're definitely 
innavigable. Yeah, there's they they put some kind of enchantment on the water so you can't really sail across them. There's storms and winds and fogs and you, you just can't find your way there. Mm-hmm. So naturally, uh, even though Kirdan sent out three of his sailors, none of them made it. Yeah, and uh, one of them came back. Yeah, Veronwe, who we talked about in the tour episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, he was actually a pretty key character in, in the two-war episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a gondolindrum. Yeah, go listen. Uh, Kirtan was also uh, one of the, like, he's essentially the one who took in all the refugees after the fall of um, of Gondolin and Doriath, respectively. Um, and they set up their, their little refugee settlement at the Mouths of Syrian. He was like the he was like the one who helped them like organize that and obviously right. helped them build and, and stuff like that. From what I understand, he was one of the the settlements that wasn't like a major kingdom either. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like Doriath, the Cinderin kingdom. It wasn't like any of the Noldorian kingdoms around. It was just kind of a place where people lived. I don't yeah. know if people, I could people live chilling anywhere, on the coast. Yeah, I would probably want to live with Kirdan. It seemed like a nice place. Yeah, but he was uh, so while. Morgoth targeted and destroyed all of the kingdoms around in Beleriand. He was basically the one that took all the refugees. They all just went west to the coast. Yeah, and uh, so for the for the remainder of the first stage, uh, he hung out in uh, the island of Balar. Yeah, after the uh, the events with the Sons of Feanor at the end of the first stage, where they found out that there was a Silmaril there amongst the refugees, and they came and attacked everyone. Yeah, that kind of broke everything up in Círdan. <laughs> Círdan went into a little bit of a retirement for a while. There was an island of Balar, yeah, right off the coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, once the world has changed, also Círdan's kind of got to uh, leave that area because right. it gets destroyed. So he moves uh, further down the coast into what used to be a Syrian, which is now... Um, the new western coast of Middle-earth. Yeah, Middle the <laughs> new western coast of Middle-earth. And um, so he sets up three different havens, uh, Forland, Harland, and Mithland. Um, and, uh, he, it's in the, what they call now Lindon, which, uh, used to be Osirian. Right. The wonderful, beautiful green land of rivers where actually Baron and Luthien once retired. Yeah. That's where they, well, they died there. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they lived, lived out the rest there. of their day, their, their days there. So during this time, uh, this is also when Numenor came to be a thing. Right. Yeah. We haven't talked much about, uh, Numenor. Numenor is the, um, the kingdom that is gifted by the Valar, uh, to men. Mm-hmm. And they're ruled by um, uh, Elros, yep. who is uh, Alron's brother, Arendil's son. And uh, yeah, they create this huge new, the best kingdom of of men. And they start to get curious, and they sail. They start to sail, um, sail east. Yeah, you could say this is probably one of the most prosperous times for men. Oh, d- definitely. I'd say hands down. The, the, uh, the I most. mean, they were blessed with long, long, long lifespans at this point, and they had this amazing island that was built just for them and had, like, all the resources they needed. Uh, and this was during a time when they were still, like, the Numenorians were friends with the elves, and elves would oh, even yeah, sail and, like, over from Valinor, right? elves would come over right? from Valinor. They would hang out. They would Middle teach Earth. each other shit. Yeah, it was a midway between Middle-earth and Valinor, and everyone was happy and friendly. Anyway. Yeah, and the only yeah the only stipulation was like uh, you can sail the Valar like yeah you can sail anywhere man you can sail everywhere except west don't sail west east go east as far as you want my friends just don't go west and that was the only stipulation but other than that they they pretty much colonized there's a cool um if anybody has the uh, the Atlas of Middle Earth by Karen Wynne Fonstad there's a map of 
the voyages of the Numenorians, which we'll probably post once we talk more about the Numenorians. Yeah, we wanted to talk about the Numenorians uh, in season one, but we wanted to, I guess, kind of clean up the first stage since we started talking about that. Right. Yeah. And then we had to talk about Kirdan. We so, had to. So that'll be coming. Yeah, probably season two. We'll cover yeah. cover the Numenorians. Yeah, I assume so. But anyway, so at this time the Numenorians are sailing over. Hey. And he, us. Yeah, and so Kirdan's kind of the one that receives a lot of the Numenorians. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some content in the Unfinished Tales. Yeah, Eldarion the, the Mariner. Yeah, the story of Eldarion and Erendis. It's a really beautiful, tragic love tale. But mm-hmm. Eldarion was a really, uh, a really, really good mariner from Numenor. From Numenor, yeah. And he, he did a lot of really big trips yeah, he was Middle the Earth. well. He was the first one to to do those trips. Oh, was he the first? To yeah, do, like to make the trips to like Eldarion set up the the trade routes and stuff for um for the um um Numenorians. Gotcha. So yeah, he was the first one to really to really do that. So he was pretty. That's a pretty instrumental role right there. Kirdan was kind of like the ambassador for Middle Earth when dealing with the Numenorians, and uh, Aldarion did have a particular friendship with. With Kirdan, especially. Mm-hmm. And Kirdan, since he received the Numenorians, he also got them to be friends with his buddy, longtime pal, Gilgalad, High King of the Noldor. Right. So that was when this alliance um, between men and elves were uh, was kind of solidified. Right. This was during a time in the Second Age. We'll probably get into this more in the future. Uh, the Second Age is a really interesting time because I feel like there's not a lot of content on it, but it's a really important bridge. Yeah. But this is when Sauron started becoming more of a problem again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back and listen to the Sauron episode, we'll, you'll probably hear about this. This is when Sauron really started getting himself set up independently in Middle-earth after Melkor was gone. And High King Gilgalad knew this was becoming a problem. And these tales were being transferred you know, through Círdan and Alderi and the Mariner. They'd taken him back to Númenor and were like, hey, maybe we need to intervene here as well. But So Círdan, instrumental in... Uh, Connecting the new Minorians with Gilgalad for the alliance. Yeah, that's a, that's very yeah very important. Um, but they do aid Kirdan uh, and Gilgalad in their wars against the forces of Sauron. Yeah, Kirdan uh, Kirdan uh, himself was actually Gilgalad's lieutenant mm-hmm. during this whole time. I mean, they're really close guys, and who, I mean, who? Why wouldn't you want Kirdan around? He's probably one of no, the wisest yeah. elves there is. <laughs> right, he's been here the longest. Yeah, he was the only other one to stand beside. Gilgalad, even in fighting, uh, other than Elrond himself. Mm-hmm. So Elrond, Gilgalad, and Círdan for a while were a, a trio. Yeah, they were good. They were good buddies. So like uh, Elrond was the herald of um, of Gilgalad, and then Círdan uh, was like his lieutenant, like his you know military commander mm-hmm. essentially. And it was a good. It was a good team up, and we see that um, all the way um, up into the. So well, well, we're going to talk about the rings first. Let's talk about the rings. Okay. So this is when the rings come into play in the Second Age. So during all this business with Sauron coming back to Middle-earth and starting to reestablish himself, he's not quite where he wants to be. So um, you can listen to the Sauron episode for this again. But at one point, Sauron takes a fair form. He goes about it more mischievously. He tries to get Celebrimbor to make these magic rings that would secretly give him some influence over everyone else so he can take over. Mm-hmm. And this is, in, yeah, in a, a place called uh, Eregion in the Second Age, which is in Middle-earth. That's uh, kind of like north of the Shire area, isn't it? 
Um, it's the area between the Blue Mountains and the Misty Mountains, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that whole region in there. I think Shires it's a little bit further. Uh, well, no, that was Holland. They called Holland. That was further south. Yeah. So Irregionizia is the area pretty okay. much in between. Yeah. And uh, yeah, check that. Make sure we're not uh, fucking lying to you. But I think that's the case. We can we can throw some maps up. Yeah, with this we'll, one too. we'll throw some maps up here too. Just to make sure we are not spewing falsehoods to you. But so the first three, first of the three rings that were made by Celebrimbor in this whole ring scheme. Mm-hmm. This is before the Ring of Power was a thing either. And he made them himself. Yeah, Celebrimbor made three, the three Elven rings himself. So they were actually pure. Yeah, they were uncorrupted by by Sauron. And those three rings, especially after Sauron's whole scheme was revealed, mm-hmm. they got uh, secretly taken and split up. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, they had been wearing the rings for a, a while, and then when the other rings came around, um, and Sauron put on the Master Ring, they immediately knew. They sensed him, and they were like, oh, shit, let's take these off. And yeah. they, they hid them. Unexpected side effect. Sauron didn't anticipate that. As soon as he put his on, they were like, oh, yep, we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And at, at this juncture, Sauron gets... Throws, throws a hissy fit and he wants his <laughs> rings back. He's like, you know, if you're not gonna fall under my dominion, just give them back, okay? No, just give them back. Just you know, just give them back. No, they they weren't down for that. So, um, Celebrimbor, the one who made the rings, did he give all of them to Gilgalad initially, or did he just give two of them? So there's uh, the, this. This is something that I've been trying to wrap my mind around. It's well, it's contended. It's 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 um it's contested. It's there's different versions. So like in one version, um, Galadriel's given hers, and then Gilgalad is given two by Celebrimbor. By like Celebrimbor that's who himself, Celebrimbor gives yeah. them two initially. Yes, and then uh, so then later on, Gilgalad gives one of them to Cirdan. But okay. the, and then there's the alternate version where they're just gifted all three separately. So Kyrdan is essentially given the ring directly from Celebrimbor. Gotcha. Yeah. So there are some. There's a version where Celebrimbor gives it directly to Kyrdan, and there's a version where Gilgalad is kind of like an intermediary. He he gets two and he hands one off to Kyrdan. Mm-hmm. But regardless, Kyrdan is a ring bearer. He's one of the, I feel like, really not talked about. No, they never, no, of course. Kyrdan is never talked about. No. Especially in of all the, the ring bearers, like, if you've heard, if you hear the names of any of the other ring bearers, even Gilgalad, you'll probably be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I recognize that from yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've heard that before, but Kyrdan, who? In it, oh, just one of the most important fucking characters in all of Tolkien. And in the movie, they don't really, in the Lord of the Rings movies, they don't mention him at all to the point of like well they don't even mention Gandalf really having the ring in the in the movie at all I suppose they don't really allude no. to that but they should have alluded to that and they also should have alluded to where he got the fucking ring right from Kyrdan the shipwright cuz you could have dr- named dropped Kyrdan Peter Jackson but you chose not to yeah peter i mean you even showed him in a scene and just gave him no props and no beard where, where was his beard where was the beard where peter where the hell was the beard where was the beard peter okay it's all right, Peter. We're we're coming to terms with it well, yeah, slowly. Yeah, we're working on it. My anger management doctor is telling me good things. And so, yeah, um, once uh, uh, Sauron pretty much wants his rings back, he more or less conquers um, pretty much up to the doorstep of of Rivendell. At one point, Rivendell's kind of under siege. Yeah, he goes all out and just force. Yeah. 
And so they they form what's uh, known as uh, the Last Alliance with the the men of Numenor, who um, after the fall of Numenor, they come over. Yeah, so at this point, Numenor has come and, and gone now. Come and gone, yeah. So while all of this uh, Sauron's coming to power stuff in Middle-earth, the Numenorians catch wind of it, and they kind of agree to ha- they have a, some disagreement. But they ultimately agree to help out, but then the fall of Numenor happens, and it's it's a mess. And so, yeah, so the survivors, uh, um, Elendil and his two sons and, and their their troop of, of men... They go over and they help in this War of the Last Alliance. So this is the uh, prologue to the Fellowship of the Ring, right? Right, yeah, where, where they're completely cut out Gilgalad and Círdan. Yeah, they showed Elrond. Yeah, that's it, though. And that's it. They, they show Gilgalad in, um, in the extended edition. They show him stab somebody with Iglos the spear. Oh really? Yeah, there's just one shot. Like they they cut out one fucking <laughs> shot of Gilgalad. I think they just didn't want to confuse people. Like who's that guy? Right. Well, Gilgalad gets killed. That's the thing. Like Gilgalad gets killed in this battle. Gilgalad and um and uh, Elendil are both killed by Sauron. And they don't for whatever reason in the prologue they cut out Gilgalad. But fuck it, he's yeah. just the high king who kind of orchestrated the whole thing. But whatever. Right. Yeah. It's not nobody. Like nobody cares about not him. Su- not super important. No, we just want to see Elrond. Yeah. Elrond. Hugo <laughs> Weaving is Elrond, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, so um, in the War of the Last Alliance, uh, Sauron is overthrown, the ring is cut off from the finger, um, and uh, that's pretty much the end of uh, Sauron for the time being. Mm-hmm. And at this point, now Gilgalad is dead. Um, he no longer has any of the rings. So at this point, the rings are gone to Círdan, Elrond, Elrond, and, and Galadriel. And Galadriel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Círdan gets a hold of Gilgalad's ring. So Círdan survi- survived that battle. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And kept his ring. Mm-hmm. All the way up until the point where he met the wizards. Yeah, in the th- later on in the in the Third Age here. Which early, early in the Third Age. Early in the Third Age. So yeah, so the downfall of Sauron ushers in the Third Age. So that's when the Third Age begins, uh, right after that. And so now we're in the Third Age, and we're still back in uh, in uh, Mithland, which is the Grey Havens. Um, the what? Yeah, the, the the new western coast, as it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he receives, like like we talked about earlier, the Starry, the Five Wizards, at one point. And this is when he uh, acknowledges Gandalf's wisdom and gives him his ring and so pretty much all of the things that Gandalf did in the Lord of the Rings were powered by this ring essentially a lot of it because I mean what is a lot of the stuff that you see Gandalf doing going helping organize people against evil right encouraging people not to despair um yeah and overthrow the tyranny of Sauron right Mm -hmm. and yeah and fight for freedom and whatnot. And yeah, so Gandalf at least wouldn't have been as good at that without Círdan's help. The influence of the of the ring. So during the, the Third Age, Círdan is pretty much strictly along the shore. He doesn't mm-hmm. do a whole lot else. No. Hands off his ring, and then he kind of keeps a low profile. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of, he still does his ship thing up and down the coast. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, fishing, whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, but he was he was a lot more behind the scenes, supportive character throughout most of the Third Age. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent counselors to the White Council. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is totally cut out of the Hobbit movies. And uh, he was also did he send someone to? Well, did he send somebody to the Council of Elrond as well? Oh yeah, of course. Or so he might have even been there himself. I'm not sure. Um, I'd have to double check. That. I know he sent I, he sent counselors involved. to the White Council, so he was supposed to have some kind of say in the White Camp Council. All that stuff that happened in the what was it? The search for Erebor. Yeah, in the quest for Erebor. The quest for Erebor in, uh, in the unfinished tales. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the White Council stuff during the Hobbit times. That's really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, you'd want Gilgalad's information there. Like, wha- yeah, yeah. So yeah, Círdan, um, we don't really hear much from Círdan throughout the Third Age. He kind of stays out of the War of the Ring, is, uh, um, as far as anyone can tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, But at the end, he is the one who builds the ship that takes the Ring Bears over to Valinor at the end of uh, the beginning of the Fourth Age, essentially. The um, remaining Ring Bears, anyway. Yeah, the remaining Ring Bears. Well, except for one. Except for one. And who's that Kyrdan the shipwright? He's the last one. Well, I was Oh, and then Sam. Sam. Sam Never Wise Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, Kyrdan does go over eventually. Yeah. But Sam gets shafted with that whole... He was a totally a Ring yeah. Bearer, and he did a good job. Well, he does go over to Valinor eventually. Does just, he? Just not then, yeah. Oh, when does he go to Valinor? Like, at the end of his life. How does that happen? Does it a fucking Arendil come down on Vingalab? Like, hey, let's go. No, Kyrdan sends him over, and then Kyrdan leaves after that. Oh, so Círdan even hangs out yeah, after, the, hangs after out. the whole Grey Havens where... Yeah, he hangs out well into the Fourth Age. Okay. I For whatever reason, I thought Círdan left with you know Gandalf, Bilbo, Frodo, Elrond, Galadriel. No, yeah, he stays for a while. Oh. Yeah. Man, that would have been a lonely life. Yeah, because he's literally the last elf. He's staying there to usher the remaining elves out of Middle-earth over to Valinor. And then he's mm. like, I'm going to leave myself one when they're all gone. And that was that was kind of the last. That's the end of Círdan. Yeah, he goes back to Valinor, lives in bliss. So he ferries over the remaining elves, and then does he go back with Sam? I don't. No, I don't think he goes back with Sam. Okay. I mean, they don't uh, say that'd that be that cool. One way. That'd, that'd be, be a, cool. That'd, that'd be, be an cool. interesting boat ride. That'd be a fun friendship. <laughs> Sam and Círdan. Yeah, that'd be great. Sam asks good questions, and Círdan's a good guy to ask questions to. Oh, fuck yeah! Yeah. But that that's all we've got for you. About Kyrdan, he's one of our favorite characters just because he's one of the most important behind-the-scenes link pivotal everything pivotal. together, beginning-to-end kind yeah. of characters. Throughout I mean, he's the only one that's been alive for the whole thing, other than, I yeah. guess, the Valar. Other, well, yeah, and, and like Ingwe uh, and all the ones that never left Valinor, they're still living. But I suppose, yeah. Of the Elves of Middle-earth, yeah, he's the oldest and... He's seen a lot of shit. Yeah, he's seen a lot of shit, and he's been involved in a lot of shit. And that's why we really like him, even though there's not, like, we were trying to find a passage for today, and yeah. we couldn't even really find one that was that had, like, dialogue from Círdan or anything like that. I don't know if we get any dialogue from Círdan anywhere. I, not that I can recall. But, um, yeah, so... But he's so pivotal. Like He's, he's so pivotal. But now that you guys know... That is why we love Kyrdan so much. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. Yeah, and we, we will continue to name drop him, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it's hard yeah. not to. It really is. Yeah. He's he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, guys, this is the end of season one now. Yeah, this is the end of our season one. This is this is really big for us. Yeah, this is a... Uh, so we're going to do... You, you want to do Tolkien Brawl? We got time, don't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we got time. Throwing around a Tolkien brawl for fun. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do Tolkien brawl. We'll be ba- we'll be back in uh, just a moment here with our new game, Tolkien brawl, which we did last week too. All right. So we're back for a final round of Tolkien brawl on our season finale here. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with how this game works, we did it last week. Um, we draw. We we just made a bunch of fucking note cards. With a bunch of random places in Tolkien, a bunch of random characters in Tolkien, and then a bunch of goofy fucking modifiers, which are like weapons or like conditions for the fight, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to draw one up, and uh, we're going to argue both sides of it, and then you guys get to decide who um, would actually win who this would actually wins this. And you'd hit us up uh, on Twitter or Facebook, and a hashtag Tolkien Brawl. So here we go. Let's draw the first card. So let's draw the place where, th- where this is going to take fight. On the peaks of Thangoradrim. All right, high up in the mountains of Slag. It's a nasty place. Nasty place. Let's draw one and one. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? All right, go go ahead, Joel. Who's your character? Okay. Is this Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for this. I think we need to reshuffle this, but this is a really cool... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... My character is, so we're on the peaks of Thangaradra, and my character is Huan the Hound, mm-hmm. and Fenrod Felogun just swore an oath to you, so. Ooh, shit. Yeah, that's a pretty awesome team up. Yeah. Okay, let's look at mine. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck, though. Look at this. Sauron. Okay. Huan and Sauron go at it at one point. Let's see. Oh, Huan hopefully does beat my Sauron. Mo- yeah, Huan does beat Sauron, so let's hopefully, and this is in the peak of Thangaradra. So it's Sauron's home I, turf. I suppose that's true. So, right. okay, let's see what this modifier is. <sighs> I think you're fucked, Joel. Mm. What this, is it? This modifier is Nazgul. So okay. I'm assuming I have at least one. So it's Sauron himself on the peaks of Thangoradrim. And we're talking, like, first age Sauron, essentially. And he's got, somehow, he's got the Nazgul with him. At least one. At least one. But also, you've got Finrod. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think Finrod Felgen would, A, put up a pretty good fight against the Nazgul. I mean, right. he put up a pretty good fight against Sauron himself. And a werewolf while he was naked. And it, Yeah, he killed a werewolf naked. Mm-hmm. So, I know he wouldn't beat Sauron because he didn't beat Sauron in the sing-song battle. Right. So, my modifier wouldn't beat Sauron. But Huon did beat Sauron once. That's true. So you had one person that did best Sauron versus somebody that put up a damn good fight against him. But the person who put up a damn good fight, Mr. Finrod Felgen, is only up against a Nazgul. I think he'd... Uh, mm, I guess I don't know how powerful a Nazgul is comparatively. They say no man can kill them. Well, good thing he's a fucking elf, so... <laughs> I guess, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, we're going to do another one. of the, let's, let's do one more. One that? more. All right. Just one for, more. Just for um, yeah, let us hit us up. So uh, that was Sauron versus Huon, and Sauron's got Nazgul, and Huon has an or- an oath sworn to him by Finrod Felgund, and it takes place on the peaks of Thangoradrim. So hit us up with uh, who you think the winner would be. Hashtag who will win? Who will win? Hashtag Tolkien Brawl. All right, next round. So the new place for this fight is the island of Numenor. Right on. How appropriate. All right. Who's your character? Ready for this shit? Yeah. Ready for this shit? <laughs> um, character, Gandalf. Oh, 
I raise you, your Gandalf, and I put you a million. Oh. Myar versus Myar, motherfucker. Shit, this is going to be intense. Okay. <laughs> get get a load of this modifier, though. So okay, my character is Gandalf, modifier? and my modifier is Gandalf <laughs> has a Silmaril. <laughs> You're fucked. What? I just looked at my modifier. <laughs> Melian is on cocaine. <laughs> 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 I mean, I would argue Silmaril's kind of like putting your powers on cocaine. Oh, come on. But I this mean, is, she's on cocaine. Like, <laughs> she's a Meyer. She did a shitload of blow, man. She's, she's schneefed. Like, she's, she's schneefed. She's, I don't know. I think, like, and the, so the Silmaril, see, the thing about the Silmaril is, though. Melian's a good character. You're so saying Gandalf's a bad character? Is no, that what you're I'm trying saying, to say to me right now? I'm saying it's a wash because okay. it's not going to affect either one of them negatively. So they could both use it to the same advantage, and it wouldn't hurt either of them. Right, but, but I, th- I just think like, like Gandalf's going to hold it up in front of uh, Melian's face, and she's going to be like, yeah, the light of the trees. Seen it. <laughs> Helped create it. You know what I mean? Like, Whatever. What is she going to do? Yeah. So I think a schneefed up Melian... W- would be to Gandalf with a Silmaril. I don't know, but that's my... And this isn't Numenor. Eh? That doesn't really... This uh, isn't Numenor. I guess it doesn't really change anything. doesn't really change much. How about uh, they're fighting on the top of uh, the, the Melintarma? The that would be really cool. The yeah. high tower, the altar. Yeah. yeah, the altar to Ilavatar. Right in the center of the island. Yeah. There's a, there was a big mountain in the middle of Numenor that was the only known altar to the actual one god Iluvatar. Mm-hmm. And the only the king of Numenor is allowed to speak... On the, on the top. It's like their own of Mount Sinai type shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll talk about Numenor. How about that, guys? So this is the end of season one. How about we come back to you and we talk about the fall of Numenor in season two? How about that? Just First, all about it. It's a really yeah. cool. It's got some cool history. So we're going to cover that. And also, we're going to cover a lot more Third Age stuff in the future, guys. Mm-hmm. So, so stuff more people will be more familiar with. Uh, we did the First Age because that's our favorite Right. Essentially. The elder days. And that's what a lot of people don't know about. But we're going to be talking a little bit more about things you do know about. So hopefully um, we'll get some good discussion going. We just started a discussion page on the Facebook. Yeah. Tune in and uh, join our discussion group. Yeah. Join the discussion group. Uh, you can talk to us directly, essentially. Or other fans of ours. Or other fans. Yeah. It'll be great. Talk about anything. Just just don't be a dick, right? Yeah. Don't, don't be mean yeah, to people. Just don't be mean. Don't be mean. But uh, yeah. We like to hear what you have to say. But all right, guys, that's that's all we've got for you for today and for season one. Yeah. So let's just do let's just do some some thanks because yeah. this is the end of season one. So first of all, we want to thank uh, um, our producer editor uh, Cody Freitag, who we're super super sad about because he's leaving to Texas. <sighs> yeah. So not only is this the end of our first season, but we just found uh, got news recently that our our good friend and editor and kind of our coach throughout this whole thing right he pretty much made this happen guys so um, like this would not have happened on our own that's for sure no we would just be sitting on the couch uh, we would literally be talking about the same shit just sitting on the couch with each other and it wouldn't be as exciting yeah and it wouldn't be exciting and you guys wouldn't hear any of it so cody freitag is um is the guy you want to thank for that 
Yeah, check out his his streams that he's got going. He's yeah, got he's stuff. about to he's about to start up a, a streaming thing. So uh, we'll 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 probably plug that more in, in season two when it when it comes to fruition. Just because you know, give Cody your streams, guys. If you're if you like streaming, check out Cody. Yeah, he's definitely during the uh, he's definitely more into games. That's where we got the crossover with the gamer radio episode right, that we right. had. That was that was a really fun episode. And apparently people like to listen to it too. So yeah, and uh, yeah, because we if started you, out if you like that gaming side of stuff, check them out. Yeah, and we started out as as one singular podcast, and we really sure weren't sure what to talk about. And I just wanted to talk about I wanted to do a single episode about Tolkien, and Cody was like, you know what, man, you should do a whole fucking podcast about Tolkien because you could talk about it a lot, a lot. And I was like, all right, Cody, let's do it. And yeah, it started off as like, <laughs> let's do like a little bit of crossover in one episode. Then I was mm. like, no, let's do like one episode where we can just like talk all about Tolkien games. And then we're like, uh, but we have to like narrow so much stuff down. And he's like, why don't you just just do make a show? Yeah, and like <laughs> even throughout this entire first season, it was the same. thing. It was like, oh, we've got to narrow this down a little bit. There's there's too much we want to say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cody Freitag, we love you. Thanks for helping, man. You're the best. You are the best. And uh, so who else we got to thank? Uh, Let's thank uh, our other friend Trevor who came over from Gamer Radio. Yeah, he did yeah, a f- yeah. He did a few... Uh, he did a few features. He did some voiceovers for us. He did yeah. some narrating. He was part of uh, one or two of our discussion episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who else we want to thank? Oh, probably uh, we'll thank my girlfriend, Savannah McGill. She runs uh, social media or helps run the social media aspect. She's... She's good at that thing. She's I'm, much you know. better than either of us. Yeah. So we're yeah. not, you know, cool and <laughs> hip and yeah, up to date. Shout out to Savannah. Uh, <laughs> love you. Thank you so much for helping us. A newer member of our cast, too. A good friend of ours, Thomas. Oh, yeah. Thomas Bailey. Thomas Bailey uh, uh, helps us do our videos. And, well, that's a cool thing, too, guys. Between these two... Um, these two seasons, we're going to try to put out at least a, f- a couple of videos. Yeah, some fun um, videos. Some fun videos. We got some fun ideas for like some sketches and stuff we might try to do um, just to promote the podcast and have fun, essentially. So look for that in the future. Um, thank you guys so, so much for listening. It means a lot. We literally sit here and we're like, we look at the numbers coming in and we're just like, I can't believe this many people are... Dude, we got like five more views today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we, yeah, we're we're super stoked on it. So every this is exciting. Every listen counts, and we appreciate it. So tell tell all your friends about us. Um, you know, if you share. don't have any friends, then make some friends to yeah. tell them about. Make it. some friends or join up. Uh, you know, check out our our Facebook group or our Instagram or something. Maybe you some make some Tolkien nerd friends on there. Yeah, but you know, guys. It's been yeah. It's It's been been real. It's been a really fun first season. I hope you guys uh, liked listening to us as we kind of get our shit together. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll be coming back to you sometime in early 2018. Yeah, gonna take a kind of a holiday break. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So we love you guys for listening. Thanks so much. We're gonna miss you. I don't know, like. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> go like at least a month without doing this. This has been such fuck. a Minnesota goodbye. Like, yeah, closing this is the Minnesota guy. It's been unf- like fifteen minutes of us just like talking. <laughs> if it's unfor- if you're unfamiliar with the Minnesota goodbye, it takes at least twenty minutes to say goodbye to anybody from Minnesota. Yeah, you'd be and standing in the door, like about to walk out the door for about twenty minutes. Just mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what we're doing here. But anyway, we're gonna end the Minnesota goodbye. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We love you. We'll miss you. And uh, as always. Keep Keep on on talking. I'm Danny J. This is Joel N. 
See you later.